Hello and welcome to another episode of Drone Source, sponsored by Elsight. I'm Ben Gross, and I'd like to thank you for joining me and welcome you to our podcast. Let's get started. everyone welcome to another episode of drone source today with me is mr sam twala who is the founder and managing director of insu aviation solutions sam obtained his bachelor's degree in electronic engineering from the university of pretoria he also obtained a master's degree in aviation from massey university in new zealand in 2016 sam has worked for the south african civil aviation authority from 2011 as a certification engineer and later as an unmanned aircraft system specialist Amongst others, his responsibilities include development of the regulations and technical standards for remotely piloted aircraft systems. Sam served as a special advisor to the South African member of the International Civil Aviation Organization Unmanned Aircraft System Study Group, and later served as a member of RPAS panel from its inception until 2016. He also served as the member of the Joint Authorities for Rulemaking of Unmanned Systems, JARUS. He worked at ATNS as a senior systems engineer with focus on communication, surveillance, and navigation systems, and there was a recipient of the European UVS International Catherine Fergion Award in 2015. Hi, Sam. Wow, what a bio. How, you, how are you? I'm all right, Ben. Uh, fantastic. Uh, just feeling a little bit cold, a little bit winter here. <laughs> winter is hitting here. I'd love for some cold weather here because it's way too hot right now where I am. <laughs> I would love, I'd really appreciate if you could tell me a little bit more about yourself, about your background, tell me about Ensu Aviation. The floor is yours. Go go ahead. All right. Fantastic. No, uh, thank you for that. Um, As you would have uh, touched on a couple of things as far as my background and what I do now uh, when you're going through through my bio. Uh, But if anything, maybe that I could add to that is, you know, a bit of a background on on, uh, you know, I was born and bred yeah, in, in Free State, a province called uh, Free State. In, that's where I grew up and, and studies and whatnot. And until I went to uh, university, which is the University of Pretoria, uh, where I did uh, you know my first undergraduate degree, uh, which was in uh, electronic engineering. So apart from that, I mean, uh, if anything that maybe I could add outside of my career or things that I like, uh, I grew up liking uh, or enjoying playing soccer, I must say, uh, very much so. Uh, that's pretty much the only sport that I uh, played much of my, you know, growing up um, as a young boy until, you know, I could not play anymore uh, due to age and other responsibilities as well. But yeah, and then apart from that, you know, I really, um, when I was going into engineering, I really liked engineering because of really that's where, uh, you know, you get to make a, a difference in real difference in people's lives. And then at some point, I really switched to uh, to aviation because I really liked engineering, uh, aviation and I enjoyed, you know, and uh, uh, being in aviation, and that's still the case today, you know. And obviously, with uh, now the introduction of this part of aviation, which is called unmanned aircraft or drones or remotely piloted aircraft, whatever that you want to call it, and uh, I fell in love with that, and that's what I've been doing um, since then to date. 
All right. So tell us a bit more about Ensu, how it got started, what uh, NC was doing. A bit of a background, actually, where Ensu comes from or the idea of Ensu was conceived. Um, as you were going through my, my bio, I used to work for Civil Aviation Authority. And uh, that was uh, between 20... Um, I started working for Civil Aviation Authority from 2011 and I left 2016. But the first two years I was in uh, aircraft, I was aircraft certification engineer. And then the second or oh, two years, uh, or oh, for the four years that I've spent there, I was in a department where, uh, you know, in a nutshell, the responsibility that I had there was to develop and work with the industry at the time, including the uh, other people within the CA and other. Uh, stakeholders to really develop and come up with um, uh, regulations or a framework, you know, how to regulate drones, which was, you know, the, the something that was quite new at the time. So uh, I worked through on that project for about uh, three years or so, or two and a half years, actually, to be precise. Uh, that's when I left uh, Civil Aviation Authority. And what I realized after leaving uh, Civil Aviation Authority I went and I joined ATNS, which is Air Traffic and Navigation Services, but I didn't really or particularly enjoy what I was doing there. And I was really missing, uh, you know, what I was doing at Civil Aviation Authority, which was really working in, uh, you know, drone environment. And so in, in, in a nutshell, how Unsu Aviation Solution started was what I realized after I left uh, Civil Aviation Authority was, Number one, this was the industry that was growing at a, a very fast pace. And um, uh, what was what I would call that was what was a gap in the market at the time was a lot of people were looking at getting into drones, right? Uh, they would see business opportunities, you know, uh, in, in, in drones. However, what was the biggest challenge was a lot of people who were now uh, getting into that space they were non-aviators, you know, this would have been entrepreneurs or, or operates who were looking at, you know, introducing this cutting edge technology. But I, unfortunately on the civil aviation side, civil aviation authority side is uh, when you operate drones, civil aviation authorities start looking at you and um, as, as, an, as someone who is in aviation, you know, as an aviator, and that's where the problem was. You know, uh, someone who was studying this business was getting to this this business, you know, was looking at a drone as a tool to achieve, you know, whatever goal that they want to achieve. Whereas on the other side, civil aviation authorities, they look at you as an aviator. Now the two, uh, they would not understand each other. So how once aviation started was really to be in the middle. Right? Uh, to be able to translate someone's business plans and aspirations and put them in a, uh, aviation language. And then you go to the Civil Aviation Authority and then, uh, you know, then you basically assist him with the compliance and, and explaining, as I simply put, explaining what this person wants to do and just put it in, in aviation language. And Civil Aviation will be happy with that. And uh, they give you approval to go and do what you have to do. So basically that's how you know, into aviation started, you know, uh, uh, assisting those people who want to get, um, uh, who wanted to use or saw, saw business opportunities in, in drones and wanted to use drones, you know, in their uh, business activities, whether it's enhanced what they were already doing or starting a new business. Uh, in a nutshell, that's how uh, into aviation started. And what is into aviation doing now? So um, what we do, um, uh, you know, we started or uh, as into aviation uh, solutions we 
you know, the company was registered in 2017 and started trading in 2018, uh, uh, February or so. Yeah, it was in February 2018. So at the, at, at the beginning, uh, the core function that we, uh, that we were busy with was basically as a consultant, industrial consultant, and I assisting, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs or companies or corporates to get their licenses through a uh, civil aviation authority. That's really where we started. And then we started evolving uh, with time, where uh, sometimes what might happen is, uh, as you would imagine with uh, drone technology, the, the path or what one can do uh, using drones you know, is really, really deep, um, wide. And it's very much difficult to contain that within a certain set of regulations. So what we then started uh, to do over and above just a standard compliance process was when someone is really looking at uh, introducing uh, specialized type of operations and uh, we'll then sit down and be able to come up uh, with a standard operating procedures and be able to sit with the civil aviation authority and find a way and how do we see that through, right? Uh, that's uh, how we started uh, to, to evolve. And then over time, what we then uh, did was uh, since 20, uh, 2020, or uh, yeah, 2020 actually, uh, we then started uh, introducing and doing training, right? Uh, this would be pilot training. So with a pilot training, because it's one of the uh, regulated uh, space as a drone pilot, you need to go through uh, training and then get your license from the Civil Aviation Authority. So that's another component that we started doing, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and with training, we started offering all different types of training, whether it's a pilot training, the UN Division of Site, uh, endorsement, uh, maintenance technician, license, you know, basically, uh, you know, the full scope. Um, uh, that's what we also started doing. And then the other component that we, uh, that we've been working on uh, for quite some time now as well. Uh, we are not there as yet, but uh, we've been on the ground. And uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, what I'm talking about partnerships or talking about uh, research and development, one of the big areas in drone industry, and what I normally call, what I, I usually call it an enabler, is, um, you know, it's one thing to have a drone and a person who has been accredited, an organization that has been approved, you know, the most important component is uh, all drones, uh, you know, including uh, what I would call traditional aviation, we have one space that we have to share, which is a one common resource. Now, one of the biggest challenges is, and how do you find, uh, how do you integrate the two, right? Uh, and even before you can even integrate drones with uh, a traditional aircraft, you know, your first challenge would be how do you make sure that uh, drones will be able to fly or use the airspace without colliding with each other, without posing danger, um, you know, to uh, danger to other, you know, airspace users. So the other component that we've really been working on uh, for for a while now is a traffic management, you know, uh, system, specifically looking at drones. So that's another component that we've been working on. And uh, uh, however, in parallel, while we're working on that, the other component has always been, uh, if you look at, um, at least within a South African context, is from the Civil Aviation Authority point of view, when you uh, you approach them and you seek uh, approval to operate your drone, uh, there are all sorts of documents that you need to submit to, uh, to the authority to demonstrate that you'll be able to operate a safe or run a safe operation. So that process uh, at the beginning was 100% manual and paper-based. 
um, uh, meaning you'll have to uh, print your operations manual with your standard operating procedures, your forms and checklist, and put that in a file and submit to the Civil Aviation Authority and um, they go through your documentation, you get your approval. And uh, what I've always been saying is uh, drones themselves, they are very, um, they run on the very digital platform. And uh, when the technology itself is digital, however, the approval process is manual, we have a mismatch there. So the other component that we've been working on is how do we then digitize the entire uh, drone operations from uh, start to end? That would really, uh, number one, improve the safety, uh, you know, which would be the interest of each and every person who is involved in the drone operations, including those who, by the way, are not uh, directly involved. Uh, secondly, that's how you get to harness and achieve uh, the full potential of uh, drone technology. That would be if, uh, you know, the entire drone operations are um, running on digital platform. So that's another component that we've been working on uh, for a number of years, and we're really getting there, right? Um, uh, very recently, we managed to have a platform where we're working with um, American-based um, company, including it's actually uh, Europe-US uh, drone logbook, and then we brought that platform here, and we were looking at uh, making it um, more suitable for our environment, including our regulatory environment. And uh, we went through the first. Um, uh, audit by civil aviation authority where they were very happy with the platform and what you've done and that is was really the first drone operator to be running on a digital platform fully without any piece of paper that sounds really interesting i'd like to ask you a question when we consider what we hear about the drone market obviously north america the european union all right, there's a lot of work being done in the Asia-Pacific region. South Africa isn't an area that is known for having a lot of drone activity. So my question is twofold, really. First of all is, what is the current drone market like in South Africa? And second of all is, the drone operations currently happening in South Africa, is there more of a tendency towards line of sight operations or BV loss operations or what what is what is the market look like really oh a very uh, good question ben um you know if you look at uh, south african uh, environment or market in general it's very very diverse right um and what i mean with that is if you go back to when drone regulations were promulgated in south africa which was 2015 most operations that were uh, picked up quite quickly were operations uh, in a mining environment. And mining environment, uh, specifically looking at uh, uh, survey and mapping, and then at some point, it then uh, progressed to uh, underground operations, by the way. So those are, let's say, uh, basically the, uh, the area or the market or the industry that uh, took off uh, very quickly. And uh, I will tell you that you cannot today, if you go to any mine within uh, within the country where they don't use drones. So uh, that uh, drone usage in uh, in mining environment, it's it's very popular. And then the other area also that uh, you know progressed quite quickly was uh, with the engineering inspection, and that's another area that um, uh, you know if you look at the the market growth, if you look at that curve, you know it was quite it was quite steep. Now, 
the the other area or the industry that uh, it took a bit of a time uh, to take off and this was uh, mainly because of regulatory challenges and restrictions was in the agriculture so initially when you look at uh, the smart farming uh, where you use a payload to do uh, your crop analysis and whatnot that uh, started quite early but the at uh, the other area that took some time to um, you know that for, for the growth for that area to grow quite quickly was with the crop spraying and and the reason why that was the case was one of the requirements for one to be able to use uh, drones um, and for crop spraying purposes, there was one additional requirement that one is uh, has to go through over and above uh, parrot being licensed and operator being licensed and 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 one of the requirements was you need to have um, uh, the certificate that has been issued by Department of Agriculture uh, called pesticide operator certificate. Now that really uh, put a bit of a dampener on a damper on on the growth of the industry. However. Uh, with time, the industry managed to overcome that. Uh, in my view, that's one area that has been growing quite steadily, and uh, it's yet to grow even more. Because if you look at uh, South Africa as is, you know, it's really to a greater extent a farming uh, country. So there are a lot of uh, operations which are now uh, taking place in, the, in that area. So to, to your question of uh, type of uh, operations, we really have various type of operations. And in terms of BVLOs, uh, we were really lucky in a sense that our very set, uh, first set of regulations, which were promulgated in 2015, they already included uh, BVLOs uh, operations. And if I look at the number of operators who have been approved to do a beyond vision of sight, you know, the first operator was actually in 2015 where they were able to fly a drone up to 25 kilometers. And that operation was actually um, uh, for, uh, if maybe you may remember at some point, uh, South Africa, there was a lot of, uh, there were issues when it comes to uh, rhino poaching, you know, uh, particularly when you go to a Kuruga National Park. So uh, that operation at the time, it was then intended in cabbing the challenge uh, that Kruger National Park, you know, used to just to have, which was a uh, rhino poaching. So they used to fly in that area for up to 25 kilometers, you know, and that operation grew uh, or moved from uh, being for for that, uh, you know, uh, rhino poaching, and then it moved to uh, security surveillance. So very common, like most drone operators who are uh, flying or operating drones for uh, for security surveillance. Uh, most of them, they fly anything between 10 uh, up to 25 kilometers, even though uh, 25 kilometers sometimes, if you're looking at being very effective, um, it doesn't work. Uh, it's not doesn't work to your favor to be able to fly for longer distance because for security operations is more about being tactical more than uh, just flying up and down. The other operation uh, that was actually first in the country um was for deliveries right uh, deliveries and medical deliveries which is the operation that is uh, conducted by south african national blood services where they use drones um, uh, to deliver blood and medical samples and uh, the approval actually they can fly up to uh, 12 kilometers you know uh, for that type of operation and then they fly between the hospital and the uh, and then the blood bank. So yeah, in terms of uh, really types of operations that you'd be able to find in South Africa, I would say pretty much almost 
the, everything, the area that uh, as a country we are yet to, involve, to evolve a little bit more, it's when it comes to deliveries. Because when it comes to deliveries, the only uh, operator or operation that I'm aware of is this one by South African National Blood Services. But when it comes to like parcel de- de- deliveries, we're not there as yet. Sounds really interesting. We're actually already almost near the end of the podcast, which is great because I'm loving hearing you speak. I would love to hear your vision of where you think the drone market is headed in two, five, ten years from now. Where do you where do you see things going? You know, the the, the question of where the drone industry or just even the technology in general is quite a, a difficult one for one to answer. I mean, looking at um uh, you know the if you look behind five years behind us, I mean what uh, one is able to do with the drone technology today. Some of the things um, uh, five years ago we would have thought it would have been impossible, right? Uh, however, uh, what I can say, you know, uh, where things are are going, almost probably where things would be in the next couple of uh, couple of years would be, uh, particularly looking at uh, in, in South Africa. One of the things that I've mentioned would be uh, we need to get to the point where we are able to see drones doing uh, things like your last mile delivery as a common type of operation, uh, of which we are not there as yet. Uh, and, and as I've indicated earlier, one of the biggest challenges being being able to find a solution to, to manage drones in our airspace. So uh, that's one area that I really think uh, we yet to see that happening. And of course, the other area that um, even though there are a lot of talks, there are a lot of, uh, especially now I'm talking about uh, across the globe, um, a lot of excitement as well is, uh, you know, uh, the air taxis. You know, uh, that's another uh, area that where we're going, even though if you think about it is for now, we're still talking about this as a concept. Uh, yes, there are demonstrators, the other countries who are more uh, advanced than others who have been in a position where they've been trialing this type of um, uh, type of technology. However, that will really uh, revolutionize uh, our way of, of, of traveling. So that's one other area that I think in the next coming uh, five years or 10 years, uh, we are yet to see, you know, a lot of uh, uh, movement there and a big jump Um uh, particularly because you know, I mean, when you, uh, you the moment you put a passenger, you put a human being inside that drone uh, where the pilot is sitting, wherever they are sitting and flying and operating this uh, this machine, you know, uh, now you have um, it's a little bit more complicated and a little bit more challenging than when you take your drone and fly over a mine, you know, uh, because you want to take a picture of a blast or something like that. So that those are, uh, I would say, two areas where we are yet to see. Uh, the big growth in this industry. Apart from that, uh, I would bet that no one will be able to tell what we'll be able to do with drones um, uh, five years, ten years, ten years down the line. Okay, sounds really interesting. Um, thank you, thank you so much for sharing that with me. No problem, you, madam, welcome. Thank you for having me. It was lovely and great sharing to you. Ben. Yeah, definitely want to thank you for joining me today. And I want to thank everyone else for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Drone Source. Bye, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Elsight. Elsight helps drone companies operate beyond the visual line of sight, overcome regulatory challenges, and scale business through integrated connectivity solutions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode of Drone Source. <laughs>